The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The Central Mental Hospital, which cares for patients referred from the criminal justice system, recently moved from its Victorian campus in Dundrum to a new €200 million purpose-built facility in Port Ran in North County, Dublin. A highly secure facility, the new hospital houses patients who are living with severe mental health conditions and who may have carried out violent acts. Our reporter Simon Tierney has visited the new hospital in a bid to understand how the campus offers a new approach to forensic mental health and to explore the tricky balance between rehabilitation and security of both patient and staff. Good morning, Simon. Good morning, Pat. Can you take us through how the hospital attempts to get the balance right? Yeah, so the first thing that really strikes you, Pat, uh, when you arrive is just how secure it is. It's housing exceptionally vulnerable people, of course. They are very unwell, but you're also aware as a visitor, I suppose, that a number of the patients are here because they may have killed someone and have been found not guilty by reason of insanity. So you enter through airport-style security. Each of the 400 staff on site are carrying personal alarms. But all of this is in contrast to the very bright and attractive, light-filled buildings designed by Scott Talon Walker, a very famous Irish architecture firm. There's extensive gardens, music, art therapy rooms. And this is all in opposition, I suppose, to the forbidding nature of the old 19th century Dundrum facility. Now, Pat Bergen, he's the head of service at the hospital, he took me for a tour and he began by showing me the uniquely designed doors in the facility. Um, These are anti-barricade doors. So what it means here is that should a concern arise um, and somebody barricades the door, it's possible to open that door with a key here and it opens out. So it creates a level of safety for people to make sure that, um, I mean, safety has been a core issue for both patients and for staff right through the design of the hospital. So we've airlock systems where to go into a building, you can't open the first door unless the second door is locked. So for example, we do a swipe on this door, door pops open and we can enter. Um, and once we enter the airlock, until this door is closed, we can't open the second one. Is the presence of any sort of ligature points, is that a, an oh, issue? Oh, absolutely. So there would be regular audits undertaken here for ligature points right across the whole hospital. Anything new that's coming into place has been considered in the context of ligature risks. So particularly in relation to the units where patients live, their bedrooms, their sitting rooms, and I'll show you one of those units later on. And everything is designed in such a way that we reduce the possibility of uh, self-harm but or, or suicide, but we can't eliminate it totally. But I think what balances that for us then is our staff, our our supervision and the presence of staff and risk assessing what we know about patients. Pat Bergen, Head of Services at the hospital. Interesting, that's a bit like uh, those bank airlocks that uh, you have. Exactly like that. Exactly like that. Now, I understand that it has capacity for about 170 patients. Uh, The old one in Dundrum had 100 or so. Um, So does it feel like a large campus? It really feels vast, Pat. Um, This is a 32-acre site. It feels curiously silent and empty, though, at the same time. And I think this is because, there, as you say, there's just 101 patients on site currently. And 
everything is quite spread out and decentralised. That's the way it's been designed. And the other reason it feels a little lonely from my perspective is because the movement of patients is just so managed and restricted. So most of the patients, they're accompanied by a nurse uh, when they move about. And that's why the staff ratio is so high. There's an endless locking and unlocking of doors in order to get anywhere. So while the new campus is clearly designed with a strong rehabilitative ethos in mind, you are very aware of the high security measures in place. Now, one of the problems in the old Dundrum site was how unfit for purpose the accommodations were for the patients. How does the new building address these considerations? Well, the bedrooms are really fascinating from a design perspective. It's virtually impossible to find a corner or a, a sharp edge anywhere, but they're they're very spacious. They have big windows. They offer a, a, a level of privacy and dignity that is important to the patient's Let's listen to Pat Bergen again here. So this will be a standard, this is the standard bedroom area for everyone across the hospital. This is a viewing uh, panel, so at night uh, it is a requirement to ensure that patients are uh, safe. You can look in to make sure that they're okay. Standard bedroom, um, I suppose it is four times the size of what was in Dundrum. Um, it also has its own shower and uh, in-room sanitation, which patients didn't have. So on average, 10 to 15 patients in Dundrum per ward would have shared two bathrooms. So, which was quite, whereas each patient has their own bathroom here. I noticed the, the television, there's a kind of a screen in front of it. Can you explain what's happening there, Pat? Yeah, so we mentioned earlier on in our walkabouts in relation to ligature points. Mm -hmm. So everything has been designed in such a way to make it, I suppose, user-friendly, but also safe. So the television is behind a screen to ensure that while somebody can look at television, they can't damage the television or also they can't use the television to damage themselves. As the same with other, you know, other facilities here. So rounded furniture, it is as secure as we are aware that it can be. Um, furniture here, again, is heavy. The bed is secured to the uh, floor in around the walls. And I think the big one for us is light. In contrast to what was in Dundrum, there wasn't light. Um, the windows were small, uh, whereas here is very, very bright. And you can see here to the right, there's an outdoor space. Again, it's important for patients with psychiatric disorders. They like to be out, there's walking activities. So it's about maximising everything we can to, I suppose, encourage uh, better health, reduce stress, and I suppose allows them from recovery pathways to move on as quickly as possible. The idea as well is that within the units, we position to have our own music here so particular patients have their own music equipment they can they can keep it here and they can use it again there's one of these in every unit now because there is an inherent risk that patients may become aggressive what measures have they put in place in the new hospital to ensure the safety of the staff? Yeah, it's really interesting Pat because none of the nurses actually wear uniforms so one of the only things that I was able to distinguish them from the patient population when I was there is that each of them is wearing a belt that holds a personal alarm and communication system and this has a red button in case of emergency. So while the security is high, I did feel that the design and uh, the staff are doing everything they can to protect the patient's sense of dignity and, and I suppose respect the fact that these are very vulnerable people. Now, I spoke with Bernard English, who's the head of nursing at the CMH, about how his staff manages 
violence when it occurs. And at the end of this clip, Pat Bergen shows me one of the seclusion rooms. In actual fact, due to our therapeutic security model that we have, that in combination with our um, high staffing ratios and coupled with uh, the intense training program that we provide for our already experienced nurses coming in, um, provides provides safety uh, with regards personal injury or uh, or assault or other. Um, our rates um, of assault are much lower, incredibly lower compared to uh, possibly uh, community uh, acute hospitals, uh, psychiatric hospitals. I wouldn't say it's uncommon. We routinely, uh, weekly deal with violent and aggressive situations, absolutely. But as I've described earlier, we do it in a very premeditated, planned approach where it's a planned intervention as opposed to a dynamic response. It's not reactive. Um, So you have a team of people willing and trained and able to go in and de-escalate and manage uh, those types of situations. Have people gotten hurt in the past? Yes, but it is not very common. I would suggest, and I don't have the figures here in front of me, but it is little as less than five a year that would be that would be seriously assaulted. The facility has been absolutely fantastic as an advancement in our ability to provide safe care. Um, such was the design, the sight lines, uh, the openness, uh, the use of light, access to garden areas and nature has been a f- fantastic uh, positive for us here in Portran. So seclusion room would be an area where um, if there's a risk of violence um, or self-harm that a patient would be moved to for a very short period of time, the shortest possible, to de-escalate and you have a situation then where there's an ongoing monitoring takes place by a nurse um, and the staff would engage with the patient to try and return them to their normal behaviour. Now it's a fascinating design and architectural challenge, isn't it, to design a a system like this for a a central mental hospital. Um, Can you give me a a sense of how the treatment model is offered to them and how the architecture feeds into that treatment model? Yeah, it it is fascinating, Pat. I suppose the the most common condition that affects the patients at the CMH is schizophrenia. Um, which is a type of psychosis that hinders the patient's ability to distinguish between what is real and what isn't. Now, this is an exceptionally uh, complex condition to treat. It is chronic, and some of the patients spent very long periods of time in this hospital. I spoke with a woman um, called Kate McGuinness. Now, she's a senior social worker in the hospital, and I talked to her about how the move from Dundrum to Portran has helped to offer a more modern approach to forensic mental health and how the architecture feeds into that. I also spoke with Porrick O'Flynn, who's the head of occupational therapy in the hospital, about how the patients have responded to the new building. I suppose we've moved from, you know, an environment that was built in 1850 and that was no longer fit for purpose. Um, And I suppose we're moving into kind of that modern era of providing forensic secure care to our, our patients And I suppose the difference is, you know, obviously the major impact would be the environmental differences, but I suppose providing that therapeutic interventions for our patients and our families um, in a state-of-the-art facility. I suppose we we adapted the best we could, 
back in Dundrum in terms of our environmental factors. But I suppose the opportunities to expand our therapeutic programs um, and quality of life, I suppose. You know, I suppose Dundrum is historical in many senses, but you know, in terms of providing that therapeutic secure care, it was no longer fit for purpose, as I said. The, the building was designed to deliver our model of care. So it's a purpose-built facility. And essentially what that means is from the ver- very outset, when patients are, arrive uh, into, our, into our admissions unit, they're very unwell. Uh, they have severe and enduring mental illnesses. The majority have come into contact with the, with the criminal justice system and will re- require uh, intensive assessment and, and treatment. And the environment for, at that very point is set up in a sense that there are therapeutic spaces available on the ward. Patients uh, can, can access these. And there are landscapes, gardens, outdoor fitness spaces, and an array of um, therapeutic opportunities for, from the very outset. Patients have reported very positive benefits. That's Boric O'Flynn, Head of Occupational Therapy. Simon, I'm curious as to how the hospital deals with the trauma that some patients might be living with. Yeah, this is interesting, Pat. So one of the things I asked Bernard English, who we heard from previously, was how the nursing team actually deals with a patient's perhaps sudden realisation of an act that they've carried out while they were in a very unwell, perhaps psychotic state. So here's Bernard again, and after him, David Timmons, who's Area Director of Nursing. As patients progress through the pathway and um, start to receive treatment and um, become aware, as you say, of of the charge uh, against them, it can be a very difficult time for our patients. Um, And that's where our excellent nursing staff come in, and indeed our excellent MDT colleagues. They're under constant review you know they have constant access to medical professionals um, and they're supported in that manner throughout their their daily lives if a patient suddenly becomes aware that you know that they've killed somebody i mean it's almost like a a living nightmare it's not just upsetting for the patient it's um, often a lot of homicides in ireland because we're a small country are interfamilial so it's upsetting for the family because sometimes the victim has been within the family setting. So it is incredibly traumatic. But one of the benefits of having forensic mental health services, a secure hospital, is you can create a therapeutic milieu. You create that within a hospital setting that you cannot create in a prison setting. No disrespect to our prison colleagues. The staff here are trained to understand that. They're trained to prepare for it. They understand when it's going to happen. So it's not a surprise. So a lot of our clinical nurse specialists would be there working and doing illness illness insight work and working with the person around the offence and working and providing support for them. The turnover of uh, patients in the mental hospital, I presume some of them may spend a hell of a long time there. They do, Pat. Um, Interestingly, though, the discharge rate seems to have improved, um, which is freeing up the prison system where sometimes people with very severe mental health problems are and they shouldn't be placed in that context. However, there are inevitably some long-termers. Here's Bernard English again, followed by David Timmons. Are there some patients who might never leave here? That's a difficult question to answer. There are some patients that spend longer, absolutely. 
and our like how like in terms of the patients that have spent longer periods of time here what sort of periods are we talking about we have we have patients um, that are in the service over 20 years um, and they are the most extreme cases you know and they're quite difficult to treat and have a lot of challenges in that regard from a recovery perspective but then we have patients who respond uh, quite quickly you know and progress through this system through the pathway quite rapidly we don't have short admissions in um, the central mental hospital it's why it requires a longer period of time so once we we get through that we prepare the patient through it we then start looking at giving the patient back their own self-risk management and their own control. And that's what this new building will give us much more benefits in doing. All the basic stuff from having the ability to open the door, to be able to turn on their heating, to opening a window, which we couldn't do in Dundrum. They can turn on their own lights, they control their own TV. From the moment they come into the hospital, we're now about giving the patient back the level of control that they've lost. And then little bit by little bit, we give them more and more control of their life so that they can recover and go back out to the community. Uh, but with support and networks from community nurses and community doc- doctors. That's David Timmons, Area Director of Nursing. Simon, the Central Mental Hospital is a place that very few people are ever going to get to visit. So what was your overall impression as one of those unique people who got in uh, of that institution? Yeah, well, it was a pre- privilege to be allowed in, Pat. Uh, what a departure this new building really represents from the old Dundrum site, which opened, of course, in 1850, such a long time ago. When it opened, it was the National Lunatic Asylum. So those days are long gone, thankfully. This is a modern place where the focus is clearly on compassion and rehabilitation. But despite the fact that the state has spent over €200 million Euro on this place, there's very little awareness that it even exists. It felt very remote when I was going there. There's very little around it, really. And it is inevitably a somewhat lonely place. But at the same time, it feels very necessary. And the architecture, I suppose, helps to lift what could be a rather grim place into something perhaps more hopeful. Simon Journey, thank you very much. Thank you, Pat. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.